on this episode of Quantum Week, November 5th through 11th, 2006. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. and We talk about movies and music and headlines. And today is uh, the third show that we are in November 2006. Right. So we're finishing off uh, this week here. And this is our last three show week uh, for a little while. A little while. Um, we'll be back to two shows uh, next week. Uh, so t- this week we're covering um, Borat. Borat. And we're covering uh, a Weird Al Yankovic song. Um, White and Nerdy. White and Nerdy. So... Uh, I, I mean, I try to be as honest as possible on the show. I mean, kind of, I say dreading this, but I'm, I'm not really excited about this episode. Um, well, we're on the same page then. It's very, cha- and here's why. Let me kind of explain it from my perspective and then we can kind of see. So sure. it's really hard to talk. So neither of these things are normal. Right. So it's really hard to talk about and analyze critically something like Borat which we'll explain why during the Borat segment, I guess. And it's also hard to criticize something like a parody song. Is it because you don't have anything to compare it to? No. Um, I mean, maybe, Borat, there's some comparisons. Maybe, with- maybe. I think it's just also because it's not what we're doing. Like, it's not what I'm used to doing. Like, my whole life, I've been criticizing film, you know? Yeah. And I'm used to a certain structure, and I'm used to certain things, and there's certain elements of movies that I look at, and I analyze, and I critique, and I compare. Borat doesn't really have those things. Yeah. Um. Uh, and same thing with, and we'll talk about more of the song later, so we can kind of focus on Borat now. So, sure. Um, so, uh, do you want to give a 15 second synopsis of Borat? Yeah. So okay. Borat as a reporter from uh, Kazakhstan, um, he travels to America with his producer to report on the cultural differences between the U S and, uh, Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, sorry. And, uh, and also seek Pamela Anderson's hand in marriage. And it's a parody. It's like a documentary parody. Right. So when I first saw Borat uh, in the theaters in 2006, November, uh, I, uh, it was one of the hardest I've ever laughed. It was very funny when I saw it the first time. Like, I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard in a movie theater. Rewatching it now has two things going against it. One is that you know, I know what's going to happen. Exactly. And the whole excitement of, I remember being in the theater, it was almost like, like like electricity in the theater was that you know, this was, this movie was so insane and went in so many directions. You didn't know what was going to happen next. No. And it was almost like a thrill ride. It was like, I, I, the closest thing I compare it to is like seeing improv live or seeing like a live stand up. There's risk. Right. You know, like you really felt like you do like, like I said, with improv, seeing improv live, like, I don't mean like who's lines anyway, but like real improv, like a Herald or like something you see in Chicago and New York. It, the, like you're basically doing like a half hour scene with based on nothing. And, and you know, you, you might see, you might see some famous people up there that could really fall on their face. There was kind of a fun right. Yeah. Stand up. Same thing. Like this guy could totally bomb, you know, especially in a small club, you don't know what's going to happen. And I felt like this was boy. Like this is, this guy could do anything. I, halfway the movie, you realize this guy could do anything at any time. And it's just like, this could go anywhere. And it was a wild ride. Yeah. When you see it after the first time, you're like, well, I know what's going to happen here. So those boundaries are created and it's not as fun or exciting. I felt the same way. The first time through, it was, there's the shock factor and there's the, there's the not knowing what to expect factor. And he's very funny and it's, it's a very uncomfortable humor, which is a lot of fun. The first time, the second time was not as fun. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. The other element too, my other thing, and we can kind of maybe get into your issues is, so I saw this movie when I was 26, 27. Yeah. Okay. I'm 40 now. I like to think that I'm a lot more empathetic. 
right now as a human being than I was then. Plus, times have changed and stuff. But I like to just think that I don't. I think maybe hope. I hope for you guys less to do with the time of changing and more to do with the fact that I'm hopefully just like a better human being. Yeah. Because I was an asshole when I was a teenager. I was less of an asshole when I was 26, and hopefully I'm less of an asshole at 40. I just you know like just you try to become better people, I guess. And so I found myself watching this more and more. And don't get me wrong. There are some people in this movie that I have no patience for and fuck them. Like the guy at the rodeo. Absolutely. He can go fuck fuck himself. Goodbye. But other people, you know, it's just like, are, are we exploiting them? Yeah, we are. And is that right? And so, you know, you start having those thoughts in your, you know, in your inner monologue a little bit and you're like, it takes away from just enjoying the movie at its face value. It does. Because I had more time to think too, because I'd already seen it. So I know it's going to happen. So that part of my brain is no longer like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? That part is shut off. I know it's going to happen. Right. So now I have more time to kind of like look think at the about other people the other that I've seen yeah. and be right. like, is this cool? Yeah. So the politicians or the guy, at the rodeo, yep. I'm like, totally fine, agree. like exploit fuck them, em. whatever, fuck public them. figures, stuff like that. No, sure. Problem. But like random people on the street that he's chasing or trying to kiss or like, it's just, you, you know what? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be touched in public either. Like what, whoever the, that person is, it was a random guy coming up to kiss. I don't want that either. Of course I'm going to react poorly to that. And now you're going to put me on film and show the world how I react in like a very uncomfortable moment. That sucks. And, 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 even, and it's completely out of, con- can be completely out of context. Totally out of context. So we don't know what happened before. Or just tricking everybody like the, you know, going to the dinner party. And yes, they were very like uptight, kind of uppity, you know, uh, society people. And you're just, that, I mean, he that, was that's trying, kind of a turn off, but still. He was trying to paint them as racist because he they was. live on Secession Drive. Or at least, we don't know they live there. Their sign said that. Right. So like, we're assuming they live there and we're assuming they're racist based on the preamble. But, yeah. But are they? Are, we we don't, don't know. We don't really know. And I remember the first time I saw that scene, I don't know if I really, I was, I was, Literally, I might even been like almost on the floor of the movie theater laughing. I was, I had like stomach cramps when he brings the poop down in the bag. Yes. I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. When I saw it the second time, it didn't have the same I really effect. barely laughed. And yeah. I was just like, ah, this is kind of shitty, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if this is good or bad. Because like, I is did... being a bad guest funny? Uh, yeah. Uh, because they were being kind to him at first. They were being kind to him. They didn't even like he used uh, the R word for you know. Yes, and they they didn't like that. I mean, so you know, it seemed. But they they felt like they tried to be respectful of. They right, tried to right. right exactly exactly. And they were trying. You know, they weren't mocking. No, because they challenged people. They were like, no, no, he's no, it's, retired. That's yeah. an understandable mix up, I'm sure. Right. Um, Particularly, they were trying to be sensitive to right. him not being an American Second language and having and, right all that stuff. They really, yeah, they, they tried to accommodate him even through the poop thing. Like they tried I to know. accommodate him. She went upstairs and tried to like talk yeah. to him as a human being. Right. And I was like, ah, I don't yeah. know, man. This feels kind of lousy. And and I'm sure we're going to get shit <laughs> in a bag. Uh, no, I mean, maybe we will get, you know, some, uh, you know, are we being, and I'm like, then I'm thinking the whole time, like, am I being too sensitive? Can I, can I, can we just enjoy a comedy? Like when we talked about with, with, when we had Mike on. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, comedy is like kind of like dead, right? It really is. Like every comedy is a message now. So don't get me wrong. We're not looking for that. No, but no, no. But, but there's an element of exploitation with this film that you don't see in comedies. Typically, this is a, this is an odd case. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know if it's right. I said the public figures. I, okay. So I think a good example is the guy, the driver's ed guy. Yeah, oh, that's a, that is a good one. He, another one where he was trying to be kind at first, like his first foot. I you think know, he was his first kind was the kind. whole time. He, yeah, he, yeah, he was. And I guess what happened with that, so there is some backstory to that. I thought was interesting. Um, And a few other people too. And I'd like to kind of get your take on this one and another story. Mm. So the, I guess the producers went to this guy and went to the driver's ed guy and said, here's $500 cash. I want you to give uh, this 
uh, a foreign celebrity a drive around, right. you know, and he's, he agrees to it and does it. Sees the movie come out, he felt like he was taking out of context and he felt he was being kind of made to fool of and he sued for, I think, $100,000 and it, a lot of these were just dismissed out of court. Now, dismissed, I don't know if it means 100% dismissed Could or if it settled. meant there was a lot of settlement. Right. I don't know. The movie yeah. cost $18 million to make. It made over $250 million worldwide. Right. So there was definitely some room to, to negotiate. And it got sued by a lot of people. Got sued by a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so that one... I don't, I hate, I'm not a litigious guy at all. I really am no. not. No, no, no. So I don't know if like a lawsuit, I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that, but I can see how that guy might've been felt foolish who seemed to be like a nice guy who was just doing his job. Right. The other one is a bit more complicated. The college frat boys. Yeah, I had less sympathy for them. Me too. As well. Um, you know, so he was probably, the. they were probably the third, uh, third of that, third of that tier. So maybe, you know, the racist rodeo guy and then the politicians and then them. In terms I completely of agree. Right. I think it's a bit of, for me, it's a bit of a drop off between the two and three though. Absolutely. I agree. Cause they're intoxicated, but still, I don't know. They're not, they acting. don't seem like good people. They don't. But then again, I was a dick when I was that age. And right. maybe I, if I was on the wrong day and the right camera and I could, you and know, you're with like a buddies who are buddies going you and, along and, and like, we don't know. I, I doubt they just picked him up. I'm sure that's the thing too, is we're not seeing the whole thing. No, here. we're not. And that was the other problem so, like, that they I cherry had. Cherry picked those kids they out. There's did. no way that they you just happened to pick up, pick, obviously pick, pick up no. hitchhiking. So, so they're going looking for marks. They are. And it's like, that ah. diso- the dishonesty part of it. That's the problem. Right. It's like, okay, these are all under false pretenses or people who knew what was good. Like Pamela Anderson. That's, you know, it's either well, she was in on it. Though. Right. That's what I mean. It's either people who are in on it, who know everything, um, and are acting or it's people who are just marks where it's dishonest and both, both, both scenarios. I didn't really like. So those kids sued two of the kids, two of the kids. I don't know which two mm, yeah. sued the producers for like millions of dollars and that got dismissed. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I guess I'm kind of, I, here's the other thing too, is because they sued him, now their names are on Wikipedia. Yeah. So like if they had never, if they had never sued, probably their, never would have, their names would have been a lot more, right. a lot more difficult to track. Sure. So you might say, oh, you know, their argument might be like, well, you know, why should our lives get ruined because of this? But like, honestly, you kind of did that yourself when you sue him. But then again, you wouldn't assume the movie never came out. So it's almost like a, I don't know. It's a bit of paradox there. I don't think they're innocent victims. Um, but I don't think that there are these horrible villains no, either. No, no, only oh, really only the, uh, the, the rodeo guys, the, is a horrible, horrible. And it's villain. unfair that Pamela Anderson's in on the joke and other people. Aren't. Exactly. Right. And they never say that Pamela's in the joke. No reason no. I know this because I looked up. So this is pretty funny. So Pamela Anderson went to the oh, premiere of this yeah. and she at the time was married to kid rock. Right. And apparently he was so incensed at her performance. Thought that she was like, why would you take this trash movie? is is uh, I, was yeah, part of it i don't something get, like that right why would you exploit yourself exploit, in this way yeah right but like she didn't no she comes off fine totally fine yeah she she was fine in it i mean, guess because they show a couple clips of the tommy lee video yeah but they don't even really show i don't think no, we saw you it. don't see well, it you hear you hear yeah, some and, stuff and I guess maybe that's what it was existence but like guess what you know, everybody, right, everyone, everyone yeah, fucking, yeah. everyone's seen we, that we by 2006. Like we, yeah. we knew. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really, that's a weird, other this kid rock is trying to find the logic in him is probably yeah, not worth probably our not time, the, but the sharpest um, attack, but, but they got divorced because right? allegedly, allegedly because that of it. was like a big trigger of yeah. them getting, which is so bizarre. It is me. bizarre. That wouldn't bother only me married at all. for like a year and a half, but yeah. still it's very strange. It was very so strange. So that's odd. Uh, but no, I, I saw, I, I, don't get me wrong. There are things in this movie that are wildly funny. I mean, the naked they're, they're, fight is fucking funny. The naked fight is still funny. funny. Then the, um, three, you know, throwing money at cockroaches is just <laughs> yes. funny. Like them just being, you know, and you know, Sasha Baron Cohen is Jewish. Um, so, you know, having him kind of 
The racial comment anti-Semitism is, the, is that was a little it. bit hard for me actually. I liked it because he was showing you what what, what I know this looks like. It was still hard for me to watch. I have to, you know, honestly, it was. I I understand the context of it, but it was still difficult. If he wasn't Jewish, I guess I'd have more of an issue with it. But I guess because he, I guess I. I, I don't know. I think anytime you kind of turn a mirror on how foolish it is to, to be that way, I, I'm not Jewish. So, right. You know, I, you know, yeah, me neither, uh, but, and I get it and I understand the context and all that stuff It's still, I guess right now it's hard. It's hard for me to see that stuff. Well, another, pe- another uh, group that had a problem with this film were the people in the village. Oh, right. Cause they were in Romania to yeah. film, the, to film those scenes. And I mean, they definitely exploit those people. Oh, I mean, yeah. these people are they make them look not completely very educated and, and they really kind of went out of their way to kind of, and a lot of them were used as, you know, extras and you know, they, they do things like they have the, uh, the, the Jewish, uh, like goblin uh, going down the street and they beat the goblin and then they yes. beat the egg. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, it was, you know, <laughs> and they, but they make this village look like this anti-Semitic, you know, hellhole, which I don't know. Complete if it, it backward people not. too. And like, yeah, right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Every, like they make it look like, you know, this, you know, fourth world country. Right. And maybe it is. I have no idea, but they definitely kind of played that up. Um, and yeah, so they were seeking like 38 million in damages. I think I saw that. Well, they also were paying, I guess they were paying the extras like a buck 50. They, I saw, they didn't yeah. pay them a typical union scale. Well, that goes back to the exploitation. Though. Sure. So like, if you're going to shit on them and you're not going to, and you're going kind of, I know you're obviously your country. You don't have to follow us union regulations, but if you don't and you're called out on it, if you're going to exploit them, you might as well pay them for the exploitation. You should. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to fuck the whore, you know, you might as well fucking pay her. Right. And so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, and eh, you could have paid the villagers 150 bucks a day as opposed to three. You could have, you know, you, 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 you could have paid, yeah. paid the right thing here. I mean, so it was an $18 million film. You know, you, it's not like you were doing special effects or anything. You probably had to pay Pamela Anderson some stuff or whatever. But, oh yeah, but I mean, but, no. but not a the ton. only other actress that uh, was aware of what was going on was uh, was the, the Lunell, Lunell, I think? The, the, the prostitute, the, yeah, the the big yeah. fat lady yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. who who he ends up marrying at the end of the movie. Oh, is that what happens? Yes, I guess I didn't. Uh, I he guess goes I back didn't. to her house at the end, and then, and she ends up going to oh, yeah, Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So um, yeah, so she was aware of what was going on as well, but. Uh, you know, almost everybody else was, and obviously his producer was. Too. Right. The other part that uh, the antique scene I thought was extremely funny too. Although that's another situation of exploitation too. If they didn't know what was going on, still made me laugh that he was. It was great all physical, physical comedy. It <laughs> right. was a yes. really good job by him. Yeah, um, great job. By uh, him. You know, and it was talk about Sasha Baron Cohen for a second. I mean, yeah, sure. Completely fearlessness should be commended for just completely. You know, just uh, I mean, commitment he, to the, the character risks and the risks. Were, yeah. You know. I guess it was almost a riot during that rodeo. I know that was the first thing that they filmed too. And uh, right. It caused uh, quite a ruckus, quite, quite a stir in the, in the beginning. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that is, is, I, can you imagine like being in front of, I don't know how many people, 10,000 people in there and singing the and wrong singing. words to the national anthem. I, as you know, I've, t- I've talked about this before. I've sang the national anthem right. in front of a lot of people and you're scared. Because if you fuck up, everybody will know. Well, he's intentionally singing the wrong words. Like that is no, he's singing the wrong words. He's singing words that are going to get people really angry. Absolutely right. Like uh, you're intentionally getting people really pissed off at you. Yeah, ten thousand people, people who might have guns. People who right. are you know angry and maybe some people who have nothing to lose. People. I don't understand the timeline on that though because it's one of the first scenes in the movies movie after he leaves New York. Right. They're in the South, right? But yet the next scene is like way for is in Baltimore or something. I don't think so. I think yeah, they, yeah. Was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. They they like I I think yeah I think they kind of fucked up that timeline a little bit because uh, it showed the map afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they yeah. showed where it was. Oh yeah, no, I think they showed them. 
Right. So they did. That was filmed, I think, in Georgia. But they, they, if you follow the timeline, it was basically done in Virginia, which makes no sense. They it was would, still too far south then because they were I in Baltimore agree. or something. Yeah. After no, that. It's, it's fine. It's well, as long as you're fine with it. Yeah. I mean, well, the timeline of Borat is the. You know, Listen, I'm just, we're just talking about things in the movie. All right. What's <laughs> like, listen, you know, the time, the, detail, the listen, detail, detail in the map in Borat really, really, you know, rubbing the wrong way in this film. You know, if you're going to show a map and have a timeline, you do, you, do, it, you should do it the, the correct way. Yeah. Correct. Do it right. <laughs> uh, but also though, did I found on rewatch too, that I was distracting knowing that, that like it was staged. And so, okay. So the, the driver's ed scene in particular, yes. they're showing shots of Borat from the side. That means, there's a camera in the driver's in the right. in the passenger seat. That's I know I noticed that stuff a lot more this time. Well, and it kind of those, really broke yeah, me out. Yeah, some of those cameras were like tacked on windows. Were they? Because yeah, it I looked like something like fisheye. So I think they were really small. Okay. Um, there but, were other times. But where, at the end of the day, there was always a camera present, which is going to make people act differently. Sure. Um, you know, that's something obviously reality shows run into all the time. No, people. but there were other shots too where. Um, if it's really a documentary, you wouldn't have like one camera way far away and cameras close up. You know what I mean? It didn't, it, it broke me out of it a little bit too. Yeah. Is that too specific again? I think so. I, mean, I don't think it's a very fair, two for two. Or, or valid critique. Um, I also thought that each vignette was shorter than what I remembered. And that's probably the film is very short. It is. It's like 80 something minutes. minutes, but I I think that also, which is a smart choice. Cause it actually does lose gas by the end. Yeah, it does. That shirt scene is not good. No, it's not. no, no, like they could have cut that. Yeah. I almost think, and it's funny because they said they had 300 hours of film, which I believe. Yeah. Um, but you really, I think what happened, I think you really could have cut that and had this movie be 78 minutes, but I wonder if they were a little concerned like that runtime is just, because you don't see too many feature films that are in the 70s. Right, but back to the uh, vignette length a little bit, I think that speaks to how uncomfortable it was the first time. If you're so present and it's uncomfortable the first time you want, then it feels longer, a lot longer oh, than I it agree. was, where this right. time it just, you know, it, it just felt like a couple minutes in, yes. in each one. It was yep. a lot faster. Um, Can we talk? So it did get nominated for an Oscar. It did. So it got nominated for best screenplay, which I think is really interesting because the screenplay itself was so much of it's improvised by by Cohen. Right. Um, I let's talk about what it went up against, um, and we can kind of maybe decipher here. So, well, one was The Departed, of right? Course. So it's best adapted screenplay. Uh, right, so, so that means that the material is it's source material, right? They're getting it from something. Is it because Correct. he had the character first? I believe so. Maybe because he was a character on the that's LG a really, show. That's that, a strange now, that's thing. a good question. Yeah. And, and that I don't have an answer to. I, I would assume you're right. Yeah. I believe it's because the character had premiered on the the LG show. Sorry, I didn't but say that. um, but that's a fair point because you're right. Once again, this is not a traditional movie, guys. No. So like, where The Departed, um, you know, Children of Men, these are from books, right? Um, but. This is not. So Departed one, uh, Borat was nominated. Uh, children of men was nominated. Uh, a little children, uh, which is, um, I don't know that one. It's Todd field directed it. I, uh, Winona. No, it's uh Marissa Tomei is in, I believe. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and obviously we said departed one. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Was there anything? Or was it just, did you name five of them? I only four here. Departed Borat children of men. And little children, little children. Or said. Oh, I'm sorry. And notes on a scandal. Excuse me. I don't think I've seen I have that no one. No memory of. Uh, now that was adapted screenplay. Departed one. Best original screenplay. Little Miss Sunshine won. Yeah. And then the other ones nominated were Babel, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, Pan's Labyrinth, and The Queen. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so and the fact that it was nominated was is a pretty big pretty big deal. Yeah, for this type of film. Yeah. For this film, that's like yeah, that does has a hard time fitting in in a place. So Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, Anthony Hines, Peter Bainham, 
Dan Mazur and then Todd Phillips. Right, exactly. The um, director of we talked about the that Hangover. Um, and he now I don't know how much you know what you know who wrote what or how that works. Obviously, there's you know some of the things obviously were very scripted, um, but some things obviously couldn't be. I mean, it was just no, you know you're based on the reaction people have. Um, but that, that's, it's, yeah, so this is a tough. So this will not crack my top five. Um, no, me neither. Can I ask you another question? What's the difference between story and screenplay? Because there were different credits for that. Yeah. So story. Uh, what's the best example of this? Uh, I think Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Probably the movies we've done. So Indiana Jones: and the Last Crusade. That had someone basically. That was Lucas doing the story. Right. So Lucas. So in that example, <laughs> Lucas is like, "Hey, we should do a third indie movie." And Spielberg says, "Okay." Yep. And then they have a writer like write an actual script. I Usually, see. story is the lesser. Yeah. Not always. There sometimes there are cases where story someone is like um will do the whole framework of it and then the screenplay is but usually if that's the case that same person will get double credited. I see. So like uh um uh what's the movie John Cusack we did? Uh uh full um uh right. Gross point blank. Point blank. The guy that wrote that got the story credit. Right. He oh, okay. had the whole script, right? Yeah. And then I believe him and Cusack got the screenplay credit because him because Cusack went and rewrote re-did a lot it, of it. Yeah. But this guy not only did the story is his idea, but also really did a huge chunk of the screenplay as well. So Todd Phillips is credited with story in this one. So maybe he had kind of the idea of it. I guess, but then you'd think it would be Sasha Baron Cohen because he came up with the character originally. But I think you had the idea of like him going on a trip, maybe him yeah, just the maybe. structure of it. Hey, you, yeah. sh- you should get a driver's head guy. You should, um, you know, go do a rodeo. Right. You're kind of just like throwing out these ideas. Um, now, it's not always the way. I said it. it can be different. Sometimes story can just be you had the first draft. Yeah. And then by the time it gets completed. So it's it's not a true, like, quote unquote, like, really hard and fast rule with it. But that's kind of the, the idea. Story is usually the first and screenplay is the last. What did you think about the acting in this? I really liked both Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, his producer, uh, Azamat. Uh, yes. what, uh, Ken, what is it? Davidian or something is, is his name? Um, Div- Div- yeah, Div- yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Div- 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 I thought David they both, I thought they were amazing when fantastic. they were arguing each other in different languages just, and just fantastic yeah they were both, both really, i mean sasha baron cohen i know we've kind of just kind of shit on this movie a little bit um uh it is still it's very good. funny yeah it's still a good movie yeah uh, i would certainly still recommend this to people who've never seen it definitely um but uh, and cohen is amazing in it like he's really good uh, don't you think he should have been nominated for an we Academy We talked Award? about this though. Remember like this was such a stacked year. It was a stacked year. Because we year. talked about how um, neither um, Damon nor DiCaprio got yeah, a nomination. That's, no, uh, DiCaprio did just but oh, for, sorry, for Blood, Blood Diamond. Diamond. Right. Um, but you're right. It was stacked. Yeah, it was a really stacked year. Um, and even supporting actor, you know. That was really stacked too. So the, the, that guy Ken wasn't going to get in there. You know, no, he, he wasn't. Arkin, no. Jake, Jackie Earl Haley, you know. Uh, Digimon Hamasu from uh, Blood Diamond. Yeah. Eddie Murphy for Dream Girls, who's good in that oh, movie. Right. movie sucks, but he's good in it. And Mark Wahlberg. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's tough to, to fit in some of these things, you know, with and, and even actor was stacked that year. Like I just think it was such a different role for, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen in particular. Like, no one did anything no, like that at all. So you'd think that maybe they'd want to honor something that was so unique. But, I know. Nah, I think I maybe so. in a week year, maybe he does sneak in there. He, I think he yeah. got a, he, we've got a golden globe nomination. He so. did. And he won. He, yeah. Did he, he did. win for I comedy? And, Cause he, they have different. So how golden globe works is you have drama and you have comedy and musical. I want to say he won, but I didn't write. He the may note. Have, I forget. Uh, golden globe. They don't pay a ton of attention to. It's right. a Hollywood foreign press. They're yeah. very much star fuckers. Yeah. But, it, but the fact they do have more slots can make it a bit more fun. Um, sometimes the genres get mixed. The famous uh, example of this is uh, Matt Damon in The Martian. That was nominated for comedy or musical. 
That makes no sense. Yeah, it's called uh, it's genre fraud. So they do that so Damon will win a Golden Globe so oh. they can say Golden Globe winner, <laughs> which is really not fair. It's no, quite, it's, it's not defeating the purpose of having it. So, um, but so you do see genre fraud in the Golden Globes, and exactly why you don't see genre stuff in the Oscars because people will I cheat. See. I see. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, anything else about? That's all I got. Yeah, I don't think we need to. I don't think we need to go. Uh, what do you get this movie? It's tough because I think my uh, obviously my number I this was in my top one of my top five for, my two. of the you know the my, arts comedies for the art yeah comedies yeah, for the arts for the decade this is my fifth on the list but I feel less me too enthused about it after watching it I'm I'm uh, I'm glad you feel this way because I was I was feeling kind of like I was going to be on a little island here on this movie no, you still are but uh, <laughs> I give it I give it a B minus I think. Um, uh, but the first time I saw it, I would have given it like an A minus an A. So but it, don't you it's think hard. That, yeah, don't you think that's? Don't you I think can that's, only, I can only go I, by what you I have now. I can only go Damn. by what I just saw, and I but I will preface it with saying this is the second time I saw it, and the first time I saw it, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, me but too. The second time I saw it, I enjoyed it less, and I give it a B minus. So that's where I sit. B minus, B minus for me. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's talk. Uh, Weird Al. Weird Al. Okay. Okay. So this might, this might be our shortest episode ever. Yeah, I don't know why you have an issue with Weird Al. Okay. Let me explain myself first and you can, we can talk about it. Uh, so I'm happy Weird Al Yankovic exists. Yeah, me too. Okay. Like he seems like a really good guy. He seems like, like a really good human being. As far as like not some like asshole celebrity, he seems like one of the most like grounded famous people who's been famous for a long time. That seems that way. In, in all of any you know movies, music, TV, whatever. I find him... His comedy, I guess, is we just talked about how Borat was almost like too edgy or too. This is like the exact opposite. Absolutely, this is like so milk toast. It is all of his jokes is so cliche. Everything is so obvious and a. It's like Weird Al Yankovic is the human version of cartoons. Like cartoon comedy is always very broad. It's always kind of expected, or even in like the Family Guy, like well, it's it's the unexpected becomes the expected. Like, sure, it's just like oh well, they're gonna have a non sequitur here. It's like, uh, it's very much like crafted, like great comedy means like Sopranos where you, the com- the comedy comes from the characters and the fact that you have a relationship with them. It comes from a, a place of intelligence, heart, and um, something you maybe not to expect. But right. honest to the character. There's no honesty with Weird Al stuff. It's just jokey joke, joke, joke. It's not, it's not, that's not interesting to me. I'm hmm. not 12. I do think you're selling him short. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it is a sillier humor. Let's and hear him sing about how his parents died. Well, in a funny way? I don't know, but so his parents, but that's died, different, but our his parents died in 2003. They both died at carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, did they really really try? Mm. He said it was the hardest thing ever happened. He said he spoke in interviews about it. I'm not trying to be shit about we're out here, but he spoke in interviews about it. He had like really poignant because I think he's a really like he's a bright guy, really super bright. He yeah. skipped second grade. He yeah. graduated Valley 16 as, as a yeah. 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and plus just he's really smart, obviously. Sure. And he. I think he's a really thoughtful person, even better than being smart. I think he's like really thoughtful. Yeah. And I think he's like a really kind person. And I would love to hear his take. I don't think he had like an honest song from him. The, him singing these cliche jokes about a nerd liking Dungeons and Dragons. That's not funny to me. It's stupid. It's, it's funny if I was nine. I like, think you're selling him short, honestly, because I, I well, what's the value? Tell me. That's my, that's okay. Well, let, let's just talk about him. We'll talk about him first. Uh, you don't do, do any biographies of these guys. I do like to talk. Well, when we first talk to them, we talk about, him, right. you know, yeah. I, I, how often are we going to be able but to talk about Weird Al? Knows Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. But did you know that at seven years old <laughs> is when he started uh, playing the accordion because no, a traveling salesman became, uh, went, went to his house 
Um, and his mom was like, hey, do you want to play the accordion or do you want to play the the guitar? And they're like, accordion, let's do this. Um, do you know how we got to start, Dr. Demento? I did. I, mean, I, did re- I didn't know before, but you're asking me, Diana, I did research. So yes, I do. So but- should I not talk about it then? You can. I just don't think it's like... I'm having a hard knows. time. With, I, honestly, I'm having a hard time with the music segments lately. Why? Because I think that your... At least, okay, because when we talk about the movie, regardless of how I feel about sure. it, I want to talk about the movie. But right. if you don't like the song or the singer, you don't want to talk about the song. That's what I'm feeling. Like. I don't want to talk about the biography of these people because everyone knows Weird Al Yankovic. F- yeah, I, but I want to talk about your feelings about Weird Al. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But I also feel like the first time we bring up a musician, it would be good to talk about them. How, how many people who listen to us know about Weird Al? But we don't talk about the biographies of like Sasha Baron Cohen. It's different. Th- well, we can. But, and actually, but we sometimes don't think it's boring. No, sometimes we sometimes we do. Actually, it just it depends. We do? Sometimes anyone shout that. I think it's so boring. What do you want me to say? I mean, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying, I'm just, you seem upset with me. I'm just, I'm just I, it's just a choice. I'm, people can, you can, we can ask people if what they like, maybe people like it. I don't give a fuck what they like. I want to know what I want to talk about what I like. This okay. is my podcast too, right? Right. I just think it pigeonholes, it pigeonholes the process. So music, the, the movie is expansive. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. It's sure. a two and a half or two hour commitment, yes. right? There's a lot of moving parts, There's a lot, a lot of people in I it. Agree. There's, you could talk about the screenwriter. You can talk about the director. You can talk about all sorts of shit, the themes, everything. That's true. You can talk about it's the relationship to society at the time. There's just so many things. Well, when a song, uh, you know, a song and a musician, there's like, there's it's a narrower band, right? But I, but I also want people to know these people too, a little bit. Okay. But now I don't. I mean, whatever. That's all upset with me now. I'm not all upset with you. I'm. I am frustrated with this pro with this part of the process. I am. All right. Yeah, because I. I just. I. It's like. There's been some. There've been some times lately where it's just like, oh, we have to talk about the music now. That's how. That's the way that I feel. That's the way I'm feeling. It coming from you. No, I don't. And it's like I, fuck. I, all right. So you know what I like? I like. I. I feel like you've changed the music. It just depends on the song. No, no. Let me explain. So like, I think the first, if you go back, listen like the first day, like say 20, what are we in? Like episode like 30, 39 30, today. 30. Okay. So take the first half. Yeah, sure. You broke down the songs a lot more. Okay. I can do that when there are, when there are things that are, that I can break down in the song. That is not, it's not an easy thing to do with white nerd. We've already covered. Oh, I, I agree. We've already covered the pair, the, the original, uh, the, yeah. right. The original. But you this. picked this song though. Cause I have to pick songs that are relatively interesting that have parts of it that are interesting. Something okay. about it's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't see. There's I, only so much we can, we can talk about the chord structure. I'd rather, and shit. I'm guessing our audience, especially with your history, mm. would much rather talk the value, the interest. Maybe I'd like to hear a bit more about your experience with parody songs than about Weird Al's. Well, I'm going to fucking get there too. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. I also don't like, I will admit too, uh, personal bias, put it on the table. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big biography guy. We talked about this with Walk the Line. <laughs> also, just like when I read books, like I'm not a big, like, because I, like, with someone, you know, who someone was masturbating to when they were 14 just doesn't intrigue me. And um, I'm a lot more interested in the art they create than necessarily the people they are. Fine. Well, I'll do the best I can. Um, <laughs> no, the interesting thing about Weird Al for me is that there's no one like him. That's true. No one else is doing anything like him. If you let, no. like, you try to like research parody artists, you know, there just aren't like you name Spinal like, Tap, which are like which is a fake band or whatever. You or just you'll don't see, see it. like one hit. Like Rick D's had like just Disco Duck, whatever. And oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. He's a DJ, but like who's had this like forty year career? That and that's what's been yes. right. So you've got you have one guy, and he sold fifteen million albums, and you know he's charted this song. Uh, I think hit number eight or something, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. For a parody song. Yeah, no one else is really taking popular music of the day and making parody songs. I do think it, that's exactly right that he doesn't take 
I find him funny. I don't think he takes a ton of chances. I think he wants to be milk toast, as you described, to be family friendly. I think that's on purpose. And I think he just seems like kind of a... He's very, he's very religious. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that about him. Yeah. And maybe that's maybe that's why. Yeah, he doesn't seem to swear a lot. He's yeah. not he's not confrontational at all. So no. I think I think that's, you know, that's that's definitely but I think that also speaks to his longevity. It's anybody can kind of listen to them, listen to him and not be too offended. I know you would prefer someone who evokes a like a bigger emotion. But yes. I but I do think and it's not like I sit down and listen to Weird Al all the time, but I also do think that there's a lot of value in someone you can listen to, laugh a little bit that's enjoyable. I don't yeah, I guess it's not funny. Uh it's just very much it's very it's very like if Weird Al Yankovic was a network, he'd be CBS. Like it's very much like, you know, Big Bang Theory or nerds, oh, calculators or whatever. It's it's the same generic jokes we've heard our entire I, lives. I do think I I appreciate the artist more than I do the art. I think that's definitely the case. I mean, he's a phenomenal musician. He's a great accordion player, which is a ridiculous statement, but he's a great, no, a, a great yeah. accordion player. Uh, they are very talented in live shows. They're super tight. I guess it's, have you seen him live? Uh, not in person. I have no, seen a lot of video I, footage, I, I but I'd love to. I have, and I guess his concerts are just like super fun. They're yeah. Like a big party. And I can see that. You're like just kind of having fun. You're hearing music, even if you don't know the, but you know, yeah. the parody, you know the original. Yeah. So it's kind of like a fun party. And that makes right. sense to me. But like to listen to my own home, like I'm like from just hanging at my house, like put on a, yeah, yeah, that's probably not, that not me neither. Not yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 I, I would I'll take it. Cause Matt does, and I'm sure we'll get shit for this too, but some, you know, most of our audience is from uh Kirk Minahan show, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, and I've heard of it, yes. some people don't. Right. Um, but most don't do. And Matt does parody songs, in my opinion, very funny. I was going to ask you because so, very funny parody songs. You, you're one of my, there's three people in that show. I think that do amazing work that are just like steps above everybody else. Yeah. You, Mercer's mouse and the Steve's a liar guy. Thank you. Um, like really funny. In fact, and I'll even say this too. When Matt did his first song on mama gears touch. Yes. I didn't know it was Matt. That's right. I texted you, right? And I said uh, something like that. Maybe I texted you said, did you hear me on the show or something? I don't remember what I said. And when you, yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah. So I heard this song the first time and the lyrics come, I do like to listen to the lyrics. I'm like, this is like a real song. They're like, they were, I thought they were really poetic. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, this is really great. And then Matt texted me that night. I remember I was, being, I was on my couch texting, did you hear me on the show? And I'm thinking like, oh my God, did he do that song I just <laughs> uh, loved? I go, yeah. And you're like, I'm like, was that you? And you, I was like, oh my God. It's, I think you're very good at it. Well, thank you. I, I've told you that before. Uh, very good. And the, Merch, Merch's Mouse and She's a Liar Guy are very good. Yeah, um, oh, of course. Very yeah, funny. Very and they're parody songs that take chances and comment things from a different direction. A lot of them do mine the same material. For instance, Steve Robinson is always painted as a liar. Liar, but, Russian spy, but or whatever. But the way like, it's yeah. worded and framed is really funny. Especially Steve's a liar guy when he did that first song. But other songs, they do. And then you guys also, the three of you also do take some kind of more risks with the material. Yeah. It's not G-rated. Like, you guys will go in some directions. Yeah, I mean, it all kind of stands back to jokes in and around the Kirk show, so it's definitely a narrow band. Yeah, not everybody's going to listen to it and get it, of course. Right, and even if you do listen to it, you chances are, you know, you've heard that, you've had that idea in your head potentially, because it's just, it's a narrow band of material sure. to work yeah, with. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but then again, you know, you guys can come to different angles and it can be really funny, and I, right. I really enjoy them. Um, I don't know why I enjoy parody songs of a podcast I love more than general parody songs, which I kind of hate. But I do. And I don't. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe his his material is just is just too broad. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. And you like the specificity, and you like yeah, you like the playfulness around 
maybe a, a narrower topic band. And yeah. you guys kind of can be nasty. You guys kind of I said can some of the be... worst shit I've ever said in, oh, in my parents' songs. Cool. Yeah, like talking about Steve's wife or like his sister-in-law, like other, yeah. other bad, really terrible, terrible things. And actually, so that is why, okay, one more thing about Weird Al, and then, then I'll, I'll make that. One thing that I really appreciate about him is, uh, is how flexible he is style-wise. And I want to be the same way. Okay. So he can do rap. He can do polka. He can do rock. He can do anything, anything, yeah, pop. anything. Yeah. Pop. And I really respect that as a musician. I've done all sorts of different types of music, which is fun for me because I don't like to, I don't like to be, you know, just, just stay in one, in one genre. Even though in my parody songs, I do kind of target. Usually I target like the Bruce Springsteen, the stuff that my parents like because of Kirk's, what Kirk likes. Kirk likes that. Right. But um, I am able to parody rap tunes and all sorts of shit because I just I, it's whatever moves me is what I want to do. But I like the freedom of I think it's the same way you I know you don't like cartoons like I do, but I think you can also get away with a lot of things in cartoons that you can't get away with when it's live action as well. So totally right. It's just saying, like live actors. You can, you can put something in song. You can't can, say in speech. I would and I totally agree. There are some things I would never say if I said it just, you know, directly to their face. If I delivered it that way, you know, to their face, then they would be completely horrified. But if you do it in a song and even if you're not like laughing you're, when you do it, mama Geary's touch, you listen to that song and my deliver like there's sadness and, and all that throughout. It's not like a happy no. up song. So you could, you know, it's it's a sad thing, but it but it's completely biting and it's funny. I think. Yeah, and I think I think the music element really disarms. It does the person, and it and it's also kind of enjoyable. It's also the the way that you know. It's also the way that song's presented. So like when I'm listening to Weird Al, I know I'm getting a parody song. Yeah. I know it's probably going to be cliche. Yeah. I listen to it. I press stop and I move my day. When when the shows appear on a podcast like Kirk's. It's out of kind of out of nowhere, and I think Kirk does that because Kirk is very bright with timing and sure. like that. So he knows. All right, well, let's throw let's do a parody song right now. And he only, he doesn't do a bunch in a row. Typically, does a couple and saves him because it's you're being almost disarmed by the disarming parody song. Yeah, you are. It comes out of nowhere, hits you with a huge laugh, and then you move on. And that element of it is really entertaining. I wonder if you put all of them on a CD and played them. I bet it wouldn't be as fun. I don't think it would be as fun because you're losing the surprise element. No. And you, and it's also funny because you hear their interaction with it. You hear them laugh and, and, and all that stuff that, that really elevates the experience as well. My favorite cuts, like I, I would much rather listen to them reacting to my song in the middle of the show than just listen to the song. It's way more fun that way. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say too, is that it's, Doing parody song, it's kind of a cheat because people right. already know the song. They already have the melody in their head. It's so familiar to them that you don't need to, there's like no setup needed really. You're already, they're already going to be in your, if they know the song, they're already going to be a part of that world that you're creating because they know the material already. So can you talk, talk me through a parody? So just give me an example of like from start to finish when you heard something on the Kirk show that inspired you to you sending the song to Steve? Like, what is that process like? Yeah, so the, um, well, the, I get, I've told you this before, but I get haunted by, by music. Like, it just shit gets, goes around my head until I get it out. And so my, let's, we'll just take Mama Geary's Touch because it's the first one we were talking about anyway, but I want That's the first one you did, That's right? the first one I did. Okay. And I was a little afraid um, to do it, but, but I heard, but I want, I can't, I heard someone else do one and I was like, oh my God, I can, you know, I can do that. I've, I sing little ditties to my wife all the time. Ridiculous little songs. So what ends, what happened was, um, 
in that particular one, I, I, I sat out, I, I, I set out to create something. So a lot of times I'll just hear something and, and I'll make it happen. But in this one, it was more of a, I want to sit down and do this. I knew it needed to be a Bruce song, but I think I told you that the first one I did, and I, I wanted to focus on the real sensitive part of Mike's mom being at the shooting in Las Vegas. Right, right, right. Because that... No, she did survive, but yes. Yeah, so the two things that people were talking about were this ridiculous notion that Mike is having sex with his mom, or and the second thing was that his mom was at the... These are like the two kind of big umbrella um, things that people were talking about in the show about him. And so a lot of people were doing uh, the sex one, which I wanted to incorporate too, but I thought the more like vivid imagery was of her at that at shooting. shooting. Right. So, uh, so that was the, I think the, I, I think I told you this was the first song I wanted to do was, um, mama Geary's running from the sniper to another Bruce song, uh, Rosalita jump a little. That was that one. And I was like, that's too, I, I felt like that was too much. So I wanted to pick a Bruce song and uh, human touch is an easy one to sing. I could do it acoustic. It was kind of like, um, you know, it had, had some of the elements, some of the technical elements that, that I needed in order to create it. And then I want the, basically it was the second verse that came to me first, which is the one that really talks about the, the, the shooting and sort of, I made this comparison, this connection between the kind of the, the fear and, um, sort of the fear, but yet like, uh, emotional heightness of running from a sniper and, you know, kind of the naughtiness of having sex with your mom. So, so that was that, that was that second. So then you, so you put it together and you, you obviously played, you use your guitar and yeah, that was it. So I recorded the guitar. Actually, I recorded two guitar parts there uh, first and how that's pretty much how I always do it. I I do the structure first and then I sing the vocals, but I'll write the lyrics and then I'll, you know, play the guitar or all the music stuff first and then lay down the vocals. Lately though, what I've been doing uh, for, you know, probably for the last, I don't know, seven or eight that I've done. I found the karaoke versions of the songs that I want to do, paid for them like three bucks, downloaded them and then, you know, cut them up so that the, if they're only two, the song might be five minutes long or something, cut it down to two minutes and lay my vocals over it, which really cut down the amount of time it takes in order to do them. So now I can do parody songs as long as I'm inspired in like three hours where probably that one took me, probably took me like 10 hours or something to do that one. The first one I would say. Can you put that song at the end of this episode? Oh yeah, so people can hear it. Yeah, yeah I mean, most people will know it anyway. Yeah, but I mean, think, you want to hear it again? Yeah, sure. I'll I, 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 like, I like hear it again. It's, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll put it here so you can hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah put it at the end course. of the episode. That's fine. Yeah. Um, that was one. It, that, that was definitely. That was a very. Uh, that proved I hadn't. You know, like I said, I make these little ditties, but I hadn't proved. I hadn't really done anything like this before. That was like the proof of concept, and then from there, it was like. Is okay. that your favorite one? Um. It always, uh, it, it changes. I think uh, I've, I've said this before, but the song I love meth and pot is my favorite right. one just it's right. because it's such a tantrum song yes. for a tantrum guy. Like it, it just seemed to really work thematically. I always, I, I forget about that one a lot and then I'll hear it and I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's that. Yeah. That's I think, my favorite. Uh, Merchant's Mouth p- played it. He um, does. Yeah. He, uh, he, he played it, it on my, uh, this weekend. Oh, did There's he? An event. Kirk had he an does event. that. He plays rape. And, he play, yeah. He yeah. plays a few, which is great. I love it when he does, when he does it. Uh, it's, it's fun to see it. Like, kind of a different perspective on it, but I would say uh, it's, I would, I think some of my insults in that song are my most creative and funniest. Like I, I make, uh, um, I, I said, cause I'm the, I'm the son of Yarmouth or something. Like I make fun of where he's from right, too right, in this right. little flippant way. And I don't know it's that, that, that was my favorite. I would say it was a lot of fun to sing. That's good. I, I really enjoy, I hope that kind of, 
they've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Maybe people just haven't been submitting them as much. I don't think they have. But uh, yeah. hopefully, uh, as we head more into fall, maybe because of Corona stuff, people have more like content, more stuff to draw from. And because I actually really enjoy that element. Like you told me it was like a parody song every day. I'd be like, I'd totally sign up for that. I think it's really funny. And you'd be happy with that. I do. And it's funny. I don't like typically like parody songs, but I really enjoy them on that show. It's hard. We've talked about this too, I think before, but it's harder for me to do them now that they know me. I feel like some of the magic is gone. Whereas, you know, someone like Steve's liar guy, there's still a lot of mystique around him. You know, he's called into the show once, but they don't know him. They've never met him. So it's hard to have, like fit the personality. The personality sort of, um, I guess, changes the way that you you listen to it. So, Which is a testament to Weird Al. To oh, exactly. Second, because right, like, yeah. everyone knows him. Right. Even if you're not a big Weird Al fan, you can imagine, if you close your eyes, you can imagine his face. So it's like, all right, you are aware of him. You know he's kind of this nerdy guy. He's in yeah. a movie. Yep. And, um, but yet he still has staying power. I mean, obviously he's a very niche audience. He does, um, yeah. But I think as we get more and more fragmented in 2020, just like, how media has changed, you can get by with an itch audience. I like that most people feel like they've kind of hit the big time when Weird Al does a parody of them, though. It's yeah, sort it's of like a, truth like a step, uh, like a, yeah. Like right, a, you've made it. You've made it. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a, yeah, Weird Al. Okay. Weird Al. Glad he exists. I'm glad people enjoy him. Not for me. Clearly. Um, so, should we talk about uh, headlines? Yes. Headlines. Um, the 40th annual Country Music Awards debuted this week in 2006. Okay. Don't, I don't like country. Do you, you don't like country? Nope. Um, I, we talked about this uh, another episode, but I, I, um, I don't like to single out a genre and say that I don't like anything from that genre except for adult contemporary because it's a collection of a bunch of different, it's like a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't say I don't like, there's some country, not new country. Anything, new country is very adult contemporary, but yeah. like Willie Nelson, you know, that type of stuff. I, I sure. Like. I like Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Some of his stuff. Um, some stuff from the 50s and 60s that kind of like, you know, some like bluegrass stuff too that kind of like. I, know that's I like bluegrass. Yeah, I don't, I see that as kind of entirely different than country. Me too. Yeah. There's a lot more technical prowess that, that, yeah. ha- that happens in, in bluegrass music. Um, who, oh, who's the, uh, Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones? Yeah. Do you know, I'm, yeah. I fucking love them. That one of my best, con- the best shows I've ever seen was him. Barbara and I saw uh, Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. At the musical? No. Um, we saw him right before we left California. Oh. Fox, <coughs> Fox Theater downtown. That I also saw him him and uh, this other, uh, this this guy named Tiamane Dibate, who's a, a Cora player. It was cool. Bela Fleck did this little, um, did, did a tour of Africa to try to see the, he wanted to see like the roots of where um, banjo music came from. Okay. And he found this really talented Cora player, which is this, uh, this instrument, this Cora is this, uh, it's like a hollowed out gourd with like a pole and a bunch of strings. And it's yeah. almost like a harp meets a banjo-ish, I guess. And so he brought uh, Tiamana Diabate back and I saw them play together at, oh. uh, at, at a little show in California too. And they were, they were phenomenal. They were okay. amazing. Um, but that's different than country, right? Yeah, so. yeah, a little bit. Okay, Microsoft released Gears of War, a video game for um, the, uh, what's their console? The, uh, oh, the Xbox. Uh, the Xbox sold 1 million copies this week. Huge so, sales. Dude, I mean, think about it. Like, it was 50 bucks. Plus, yeah. It's $50 million. It's, it's more than a major movie. You know what I mean? I wonder what it costs to make those games. They're expensive, but yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a crazy, that's a crazy take, right? Yeah. Third, Donald Runsfield resigns as defense secretary. Robert Gates taken over. Rummy. Rummy gone. Yeah. It didn't, didn't end well for him, but no, it didn't really. 
end well for Gates either, but uh, no, whatever. No, it was a rough, yeah, not a great, yeah. War is bad. We both is war bad? We both agree. Uh, we bad. agree that war is bad. Uh, Matt, hopefully Matt won't still be mad at me about music anymore. We'll see how long. I'm not real mad. I'm just, I you just want to do a good show and, you know, this has also been a tough couple of weeks just doing three shows, three shows and a bunch of other shit going on too, I think. You, get, you getting burnt out? I think I'm making excuses now. Okay. Now I just feel like, fuck, I want, you know, I, I, f- I will say, I feel like we're, we've been having some of our best episodes. Though. No, not counting. Not, I think Wednesday's show was not great. Well, that's but, I mean, Wednesday. Maybe not. Th- well, this one's fine. This but, one's the inter. I don't think this is good or bad. This is it's fine. Odd. Yeah, it's fine. No, but before the that, before that though, we had probably really a, shows. like a 10, yeah. a 10 episode streak, which were really strong. Part of it is the, it's hard for, I, I need to, I think I'm going to buy the billboard uh, subscription so I can see some of the other charts and like expand the music shit anymore. Cause I think when we get into the mid two thousands, the music is just so bad. Like there's just not a lot of good stuff to, to draw lot. from. It's funny. The eighties pop is so good. So good. And then the, uh, yeah, some, some stuff is, uh, and some of the nineties pop is not great. No, it's not. But I think if, if we were on the rock charts there right. or even some of the rap charts, the yeah. rap charts, we'd be able to find some of the R&B yeah. charts. Yeah, I, what I mean, what you, you keep hitting these shitty songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, and we, we it sounds like we're potentially going to start having some ads on the show. Yeah. Um, and we use well, we know we are at least one. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Might, might be. Well, have, did you see they like thumbs up my. Uh, they did. They liked okay. it. Yeah, they liked it. Yeah, we had to do a test run and uh, <laughs> they liked it. Uh, yeah. So I think starting on uh, next next episode, we're going to have we're going to have an ad. Uh, maybe one, maybe two, uh, you know, hopefully moving forward. Yeah. Um, uh, just to pay for stuff like the billboard, you know, get the billboard thing. Right. Yeah, I'll do that. That's good. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be back next week uh, on uh, Wednesday. Uh, we're in 1992. We're going to be hitting uh, the following movies, uh, A League of Their Own. Right. And Sister Act on Saturday. Um, so some woman, some ladies, if you know, movies, I guess, right? Some ladies, ladies movies. movies. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a little pissed. I wanted to do Batman Returns. I, I, I vetoed that, but yeah. did you understand? You, you agree, it's though, fair, don't you? It's a I, I I didn't fight you on it. Why did you think it's different, though? Like what? What the same it's director, same actor? Movie. Is it? Is it? Oh, because it's not. It's no longer Vicky. Is it a different universe? It's, no, same universe, but the two, it's almost like Mission Impossible. Remember we did, we did the Mission Impossible sequel? Oh yeah, that's a good point. And that was, but it was a different director. That was, but yeah. It, but the movies are really self-contained. But you know what? Fine, we have to. You know, I really would like to do the first Batman first. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not. I didn't fight you on it. No, you didn't. You didn't at all. I was just like, oh, fuck, so sister, because we we're gonna do either own no matter what. But it's like oh, sister act. Fuck. I know. I know. But another more whoopee. So that means we'll have had done two whoopee oh, Goldberg wow. movies and we have not done a single Tarantino one. It's <laughs> right. very strange. This well, is an odd show we've created. But yeah. I guess we play by the rules. Hopefully Matt won't be mad at me with the music anymore. I'm we'll not see, mad we'll see what at happens you. next Fuck. week. No, I'm just disappointed. See, we have a show next week, Matt. Matt might be mad at me. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, that's that's all I have. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday. We take a little. We're taking a little break, right? A couple, like three days. Yeah. yeah, but is yeah, it'll, it'll yeah, be good. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been. Matt's, Matt's burnt out. I came. I, in, I came out. into tape. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it, and it's not even. It's just partially. It's this, but it's not even. I love doing the show. It's not that. It's the all the other life shit that's just fucking. This was tough too. I had, uh, you know, as you probably heard right from the outset, and we'll end with it too. But like, I just didn't ha- did not have a lot of interest talking about these things because I said parody songs are odd to talk about and then I, I, I was just more interested in hearing your process and your stuff than about Weird Al and then the other thing was Borat it's not a traditional movie no 
But did you think that before you watched it or were you excited going into I it? I was more excited going I into it. I was going excited. And then as I was watching it, I'm like, ah. Uh. Yeah. And then I started to, and the exploitation bothered me more than maybe it should. And, you, and that's a fair argument. If you're someone that's like, no, Chris, you know what? Like these people are, and I, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I would, I'd like to hear your opinion for sure. So yeah. to me, that's for sure. I, I don't, and I don't necessarily disagree because I felt that same way when I saw it the first time. Right. Absolutely. But there, yeah, just, and, and if you say, uh, you know, I'm getting soft and, and mad as too. Maybe we are, but I think that might be part of getting older but too, I, unfortunately. I, I think when you, you should get more empathetic as you age. You have I more perspective so. on shit. I think it's okay that you're not when you're younger too. Absolutely. You know, it's good to have a little edge and, and do those things, but I think, yeah, you guess it's just, and maybe Sasha Baron Cohen too. We didn't talk about him very much, oh, but like, Jesus. he changed, he doesn't really do these movies. Anymore. I know he can't do Borat anymore, obviously. No, 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 no. You know, the, but not only that, he's he's like part of he's cancel culture right now too. He wants to censor. He he was arguing for censor, censorship a couple months ago. So he so interesting note note on him. Actually, newsworthy that broke yeah. today. Ooh. Um. So he's in um the Chicago Seven movie. Um. Is yeah, that what it is? Uh. The 1960s. Yeah. Um. Those revolutionary Abby Hoffman. All he's yeah. playing Abby Hoffman. Yeah. So Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed Aaron Sorkin, a huge name. Yeah. Of course. Um, and they did it for Paramount and it's supposed to come out in the fall. Oh. Oscar. Yeah. Netflix bought it today for $56 million. Really? So it's going to be on Netflix in theory this fall. Um, and in, I, I see what they're doing with the Oscars, but in theory, this could be an Oscar. This is prime to be an Oscar nominated pick. And first time that that's happened for something that never hit theaters. No, you know, you have wrote, you know, Roma and, oh, okay, you know, right. but yeah, it yeah. hasn't hit the Irishman. You right. Know, that's, that, right. You know, that's right. That's um, right. But no, it's the first time that Sasha Baron Cohen has been in like a major, oh. uh, he was in Sweeney Todd after Borat and stuff like that. But this is a well, movie. Well, Talladega where, Knights, of course. Yes. I mean, Talladega, wait, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But like he's in an Oscar, you know, he's in the late Miz too, but you know, he's in, he's in a big movie here that he's the lead in. Yeah. It's an ensemble movie. There's Mark Rylance is in it. It has a, it has a huge cast. Um, I'm forgetting people. It has like some big names in yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, Joseph Gordon, love is in it. He has, oh, right. has a big cast. Uh, but he, I think he is the main he's lead. He's the lead in this. And, uh, yeah. And now it's going, and it, so we'll see, it'll be in your living room by the end of, by the end of October. But did you feel betrayed when he was really arguing for censorship? I didn't a couple see months that. Ago? You didn't see it. I know that he's gotten kind of softer with certain things. It sucks though. Like I, and I can't remember the exact example, but he was talking about something that was obviously satirical and that is how he made his fucking fortune. Yeah. It's tough to see. He's, he's an interesting, you know, he married beautiful woman and maybe yeah, he's kind of living the high life. Maybe. And, and he's just like, you know what? Like, you know, you get kind of caught in that whirlpool of Hollywood and, Everyone's, you know, he's doing Aaron Sorkin movies and all right. this, you know, he's in kind of a, a liberal enclave there and, he, you know, and you become kind of, you become bad, but how do you not, but then how do you not look back at your, your, the stuff that you've done in the past and be like appalled by it? If that's the way you actually feel right now, you know what I mean? Maybe he'll cancel himself. Maybe. Hopefully no one cancels us. Although we're independent, so no one can. You no, know, what yet. are they going to do? <laughs> Unless Mariah Carey comes back. They can come and fucking give us bad reviews or something. They already did that once. That dropped us from a five to a four. Oh, by the way, please give us a five star review. Please give us a five star review. The Mariah Carey people did 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 scar (laughs) us. They did scarred me too. (laughs) Um, I guess that's. We think we've vamped enough, right? Probably. We we have a full show out of this. Yes. Yes. Somehow, do we somehow make a full? Do we drag a full show out of this? Uh, Yeah, we back. Uh, We'll get the room. Yep. See you next time. I was sad when I heard about me, Ma, but stayed composed as I moved through my day. Until Kirk made me admit her carcinoma. And now I need you in the biblical way. 
Familiar touch 